Hey daydreamer, I see you. I'm totally a dreamer too. I'm also a patent lawyer and pretty much obsessed with new ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship. So, dreamer, if you've got a new business idea or side hustle dream that you just can't shake, or if your mind is bursting with too many ideas to count, then welcome home because you are in the right place. This is Startup Hard Up, a cozy podcast home for the everyday entrepreneur. In each episode of this podcast, I'll be candidly sharing my own personal experiences as I transform my passion project into a business in real time. Since I also happen to be a corporate lawyer, I'll sprinkle in some key business and legal learnings as they've applied to my own new business in the hopes that some of my experiences will enlighten and empower you on your business journey as well. Cool, cool, cool? Cool. Let's do this. Hey there, friend. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Startup Hard Up podcast. I'm your host, dreamer and patent lawyer, Kay Gruner, and today I'm going to jump back into the business building framework that I call Idea to Launch. If you've been listening to this podcast from the start, or if you own a copy of the Idea to Launch Business Planning and Strategy Workbook for Entrepreneurs, then you're already familiar with my nine milestones of business launch. A milestone is simply a progress indicator. It's kind of like a step in a big picture checklist, and it results in a significant mark of achievement around a certain pillar of your new business. Milestone one is mindful ideation, which is kind of like a thoughtful guided brainstorming that allows you to finally get your ideas out of your head, onto the page, organized and primed to be validated. Milestone two is market research. Here, you'll be getting to know your industry, your niche, your market competitors, and your position within the whole ecosystem. Market research is an important step to understand whether you're moving in a direction with profit and growth potential. Milestone number three is product development. And to clarify for anyone new around here in the startup hard up community, the word product encompasses anything you sell, whether it's a tangible thing, a digital thing, or a service. To me, they're all products. And so many of us offer a combination of multiple types of products anyway, which helps create stability in your business model and long-term success. So for my business builders out there, a product goes through phases of product development, including designing the product, building a first prototype version of the product, beta testing with real people who represent your ideal client and tweaking and perfecting until you have a reasonably validated and launchable product. What happens next, at least in the idea to launch framework is what's called pitch perfection. Pitch perfection is about understanding who your strategic partners could be, creating a list of those people and practicing how you're gonna reach out to them to create collabs. Another part of pitch perfection is basically the whole elevator pitch concept. How are you going to be presenting your company to the world, whether it's a customer, which you're going to do in a certain way, or maybe an investor, which you're gonna do in another way. This is how you finalize and get down the perfect pitch. So what we're going to talk about today is milestone number five, intellectual property. So I'm a lawyer. I call myself a business lawyer to make things easy. But if you go back to when I started my journey as an actual career lawyer, 
I was a patent lawyer and I worked at a patent firm. So intellectual property was kind of my thing when I got started. And I'll tell you what, I loved it. And part of the reason why I got into intellectual property in the first place is because while I was in law school, I, one, had a biology degree. So that science aspect sort of put me in the direction of innovation and inventions, which is what patent law covers. But two, the more I got to know intellectual property, the more I fell in love with it because y'all, intellectual property is building fences around ideas with words. One of my professors said that one time, I'll never forget it. It's such a great way to describe it because what intellectual property is, is intangible. It's not something you can really hold in your hand. You may have a certificate or something you can print out showing that you own intellectual property, but the property itself isn't like a car. It's not like a house. It's not like your purse or your money. You cannot hold it, which makes it kind of complicated. So I'm going to clarify a little bit about what intellectual property is and more importantly, what are the key questions that everyday entrepreneurs and small business owners need to ask themselves about their intangible assets. And as usual in the Startup Hardup podcast, I just weirdly love to share what I'm currently drinking, maybe to set the mood, I don't know. But I have some green tea, hot of course, in my new mug that I just got. I'm so excited about it. It says Atlanta is for dreamers. And as you know, I always call members of the Startup Hardup community dreamers because that is something that I care so very much about is helping others pursue their dream businesses. And in fact, on the back of my idea to launch workbook, it actually says at the bottom, don't quit your daydream. So y'all, if you have a full-time job like myself, just so you know, startup, hard up, lawyer K, however you know me out on the interweb, this is a side business. I have a full-time job. I am a corporate lawyer in-house at a pharmaceutical company. It's a great job, I love it. And this is something that I do in my free time for fun because I love it. And I think that every single entrepreneur should have access to this stuff, this information, whether it's entrepreneurship, how to, or the legal steps. Also, I think I should point out, this is January 2021 when I'm recording this, so we're welcoming a new year, and I, for one, really, really love setting goals. And for some reason, something about January, it's also my birthday month, something makes me just feel excited and motivated and confident that I can take over the world in the next year. So this year, one of the goals that I wanna share with you is that I'm launching a digital course. I have all of the modules already outlined for this digital course and here are the deets. It's called The Legal Way. The purpose of this course is to take legal information, the whole legal roadmap for most small business owners, and put it into a format that one, is affordable, and two, is simplified in a way to enable you to do some of this stuff yourself, to DIY it. And obviously I'm not telling you to be your own lawyer, but there are certain things that you can absolutely handle yourself in the early stages of your small business when you don't have any money. I get it, and lawyers are expensive. Trust me, I know. So just a quick overview. I actually have here my uh, 
outline of my modules for idea to launch i'm just going to go over really quick i'm not going to spend much time on this module one is the legal overview from idea to launch we're going to cover the legal roadmap the difference between what's required versus what's recommended and the importance of confidentiality in the idea phase module two ownership and business formation. So who owns the business? How do you register your business with the state? And how do you select the entity for registering your business with the state? Also in module two is the state and local business permits and licenses. I cannot tell you how many questions I get about this. And here's the biggest problem. Every state is different. They use different terminology. They have different requirements. So it gets bananas really quick. Module three is gonna be taxes and money management. So we're talking state and local taxes and then federal taxes and business banking and insurance. Module four, intellectual property 101. We're gonna go through all the different types of IP, including copyright, trademark, patent, confidentiality, and trade secrets, how to avoid IP infringement, how to protect your IP, and how to maximize the value of your IP. And finally, module five, we're gonna cover the common liability traps and how to read and understand and write your contracts and how to avoid those false sense of security scenarios. So that's it, y'all. That's the digital course. So just speaking of goals going into this month and this new year, I wanted to share that with you because it's something that I'm hoping to have launched, in fact, by the end of January. So mark your calendars if you want to pre-order. It's actually up on my site already, and the price is way cheap right now since it's a pre-launch. Okay, so another thing that I want to do is a very quick review of 2020. I just wanted to point out some of the successes that I had and I really encourage you as a small business owner whether you have launched or are in the process of getting ready for that take a look at your 2020 and aside from all of the craziness that went on what were your successes in your business so it was January 2021 year ago that I launched the startup hard up podcast. That's obviously huge because I'm sitting here recording an episode. I'm glad to know that it's still uh, happening because at the time I was so excited and I continue to absolutely love the platform of podcasting. So shockingly to me, I didn't launch my idea to launch workbook until April of 2020. That was a whole year after having my baby. The reason why I bring that up is because I started writing it on maternity leave. Just know this, give yourself grace in your own business and your own products that you're creating and your genius, it takes time. It takes time. And I mentioned I have a full-time job, so I was doing this in the evenings. I was doing this on the weekends with a baby. It took a year. But I'm so thankful that I did because the Idea to Launch workbook is just my favorite thing. And to actually be able to hold it in my hands and fill it out with my pen is the best feeling in the world. And then I have a number of really awesome opportunities that I had where I was either a guest on a podcast or featured in an article. That was cool and brought us to October where in October... The craziest thing happened. Let me tell you about this. I had a video on TikTok that went micro viral. Nothing too huge, but it 
got some views and then I started getting followers. So I went essentially from zero, I think it was literally 30, but I went from like nothing to a couple thousand and I just continued to grow on the platform of TikTok. And now in January, 2021, just a couple months later, I'm nearing 10,000. So it was actually so exciting. It took me over a year on Instagram to build a community of a thousand. So to be this close to 10,000 in just a couple months is like so cool. So that's a little bit about what went down in 2020 and what my goals are for this year. So what do you say we get into the conversation here? The reason why I wanna to talk to you about intellectual property is because this is an area of small business that actually ends up creating a whole lot of losses. And I'm talking about financial losses, reputation losses, you name it. To avoid some of these early, very common mistakes in protecting, intellectual property, every entrepreneur should regularly ask themselves the following questions about their intangible assets. The first one is what IP does my business currently own? No matter what stage you're in in your business, you own something. It could be literally your business strategy, your business plan. It could be copyright in materials or designs that you've created for your product. So take an accounting of all trademarks, inventions, trade secrets, confidential information, or anything that you consider to be proprietary, take an accounting of it. What I wanna do before we move on to these questions is talk about what do all these things mean. So let's get into intellectual property. Number one, trademark. This is probably the most common IP that people ask me about and maybe the most common IP that people think about even if they don't have a small business. Examples of this are a business name, a logo, a product name, a slogan. A trademark is basically a word or a symbol or a phrase that is used in commerce, quote unquote, it's commercially used. So we're not talking about just for fun. This means in connection with selling something. Thing. The reason why trademarks exist, this is important to understand. The reason they exist is to indicate the source of the goods or the services to the consumer. We're trying to prevent people from buying something and misunderstanding the quality, the source, who made it. Think about the dangers of counterfeit. And I mean it when I say danger because some of the most common counterfeited items in the United States are actually things like medicine, tires, stuff that could really mess you up if you buy a counterfeit version of it. So that's one reason. And then the other is to distinguish the goods or services from competitors of a business. So if you're out there selling something under a certain name and you consider that to be your trademark, you don't want someone else to go sell the same thing and use that same name. If you get your trademark registered, that's going to greatly increase your chances to prevent that. If you have a great idea and you haven't actually launched, you're not actually selling anything yet, and you have this idea for a trademark, you can get what's called an intent to use application on file, but it will not register until you can show what's called a statement of use and a specimen, which is simply an example of the mark used in commerce by you. If you get a registered trademark in the US, your protection can last indefinitely, like forever. If you continue to use the mark and file all your necessary maintenance documents and fees and all of that, 
Now, here's something to be aware of. If you go through LegalZoom or if you do it yourself, you are responsible for making sure that you don't miss any deadlines. And this happens all the time. People miss their deadlines and then they lose that application and have to file again. Really what you're gonna lose is money. But if you say let your application go abandoned and then a whole lot of time goes by and somebody files another one with the same mark and you have lost your initial application, it's just gonna be an uphill battle. You might win it, but it's the kind of thing that you just wanna be on top of it, especially if you're gonna DIY it. So the next type of intellectual property that I want to point out here is called patent. Now a patent covers inventions and to be eligible, the invention has to be new, non-obvious and useful. That type of patent is called a utility patent. There's also something called a design patent and a design patent covers the unique visual qualities of a manufactured item and does not cover the functionality. I may do a whole episode dedicated to patents, but right now I'm just gonna focus on utility patents. Here are some examples of what is actually typically patented. You have machines, devices, formulations, and when I say formulations, that could include food, that could include cosmetics, that could include drugs. Methods, that's like a method of making something. So here's the definition. A patent for an invention is the grant of what's called, quote, an exclusive property right to the inventor or another owner if the inventor doesn't own it. And it's issued by the US Patent and Trademark office. Basically, this means when you have a patent, you, by having that, are able to prevent others or stop others from using it. So it's kind of like a monopoly, but there's a lot of public policy involved in creating the requirements. And generally speaking, the public is protected from sort of like misuse of the system. And patents are invalidated sometimes. So just know that a patent is very expensive, takes a really long time to get, and if you think you have an invention, do not talk to anybody about it until you speak with a patent attorney or have a CDA in place. But honestly, I would say get to a patent attorney first if you really think you have an invention that could be patentable because you can lose your rights and that is irreversible. If you lose your rights uh, because you disclosed it, you can't get that back. So it's, it's a very, very big deal. It's really serious. If you do get a patent, know that the length of your protection is not indefinite like the trademark was. It's actually 20 years from the date on which the application was filed, which ends up being around 17 years on average because it takes about three years to get your patent granted. All right, so the next type of IP that I wanna talk about is what's called copyright. We are all exposed to copyright all the time, just like trademark. So copyright covers works of art, music, lyrics, literature, photos, videos, recordings. It's a form of protection that is provided to, quote, authors of original works of authorship. And author doesn't just mean literary, it just means the creator. And under copyright law, they they use the term author. What's interesting here is that unlike a patent, at least, you don't have to register your copyright in order to own it. Copyright protection arises the moment the creator work is 
fixed intangible form, meaning if it's still in your brain, you can't copyright it. But if you've written it down, if you've put it onto a computer, if you've put it somewhere where it exists, essentially, it's already copyrighted the moment it happens. Now, there are contracts sometimes, if you've ever heard of a work for hire, there are times where an author who is a person creates a work and then ends up needing to assign the work to their employer or to a client based on a contract that they signed saying that that would happen. That does happen all the time and copyright is a really fun area of law. There's also things to consider like fair use, when is it okay to use somebody else's copyright without permission. Generally, the copyright lasts for a really, really long time. It's not forever, but it kind of feels like it. It's the life of the author plus 70 years. Quite a while, if you ask me. Another huge thing to consider as a small business owner, especially in the highly digital times we are living in, is you have to be aware of copyright law and copyright infringement. So maybe I don't need to say it, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say that you may not use somebody else's copyrighted material without a license, without permission. And so what this means when you're looking for a photo for your blog, don't go to Google and just find the first photo that works for your blog. Make sure that you're going through a website or something that can verify that you do have permission to use that photo commercially. Commercial use is the key here. The other very, very common issue with copyright is creating customs. So if you're somebody that creates bags or tumblers or printed images or shirts and somebody asks you to put a Disney character on it, if you don't have permission to do so, you're not allowed to do it. And if you're selling things like this on Etsy, not just customs, but using the copyrighted images and imagery of others and selling that on Etsy, I promise you that business model is not sustainable. If you grow, if you make sales, you can only stay under the radar for so long. And honestly, you don't wanna be on the receiving end of a cease and desist from some big company like Disney or Marvel. So please do yourself a favor, make sure that you are only using properly licensed images and imagery in your works and make sure that you're not selling something that you don't have the rights to be selling. And just to make sure that I fully explain copyright, the exclusive rights of the copyright owner are to reproduce the copyrighted work, to make derivative work, so like works that incorporate the original work or change it somehow. The exclusive rights include distributing copies of the work, performing the work publicly or displaying it. These are all things that you cannot do in some cases, even if it's not for commercial purposes, but because because small business owners and entrepreneurs listen to my podcast, that's really what I'm focusing on here. All right, the next type of IP that I want to introduce is confidential information. Keep in mind, this is different from a trade secret, although they're very similar. Confidential information is simply sensitive information, proprietary information, data, anything information relating to inventions, like I mentioned before, business plans, customer lists. And here's the thing about confidential information. It is not defined by a government entity in the same way that patent and trademark and copyright are. Confidential information is typically defined by contract. 
So if you've ever heard of a CDA, that's a confidential disclosure agreement or an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, those are actually interchangeable. A CDA, NDA, whatever you call it, it's kind of the same thing. And what it covers is it manages the expectations and the obligations of two or more parties that are exchanging confidential information. So say you are a small business owner that makes candles or cookies or something where you have kind of like a secret recipe, you can share that information using a CDA if it is confidential information to you. And you wanna of course make sure that you get that signed and that your agreement is vetted and ideally written by a lawyer. And the length of protection again varies based on how long the contract says that it's confidential. So just as an example, parties might agree to hold confidential information that they receive for three years or 10 years or indefinitely, but indefinitely is not common in CDAs. Uh, it's a pretty long time. And that's actually where we get into trade secrets. A trade secret is a secret formula, a secret program, a secret process. It's basically information that has some economic value, some actual or potential value from it not being known. So trade secret is something that is going to be defined by state and in general to qualify for trade secret protection, the information must be strictly secret and efforts must be taken that are reasonable under the circumstances to maintain its secrecy. And the length of protection here is as long as that strict secrecy is maintained. And this is based on the applicable state or federal or local, whatever the requirements are. If you think you have a trade secret, then this is also another thing like inventions that you really need to seek out the advice of an attorney for because it is not easy to manage on your own. You need to understand what the law says to protect your trade secrets. Okay, so that was the overview of intellectual property. I hope that that clarified some things. Let's get back to the questions. The first question that I think every small business owner should ask themselves about intellectual property is what IP does my business currently own? So now that you know what all the types of IP are, take a piece of paper or take your idea to launch workbook, start writing down, make a list. If you have the idea to launch workbook, it's on page 62 and just make sure that you update it regularly. And if you have applications on file, either with the USPTO or at copyright.gov, just make sure that you're following along and keeping up with your obligations so that you don't lose your protection. And keep in mind, you may own the IP personally. You may consider assigning any patent or trademark applications or registrations or any other IP from you, the person, to the company once you register your company as a business. That adds valuable assets to the business. And another option, if you want, would be to license them rather than assign if you as the person want to keep title. Next, I want you to take a look at your IP, this list that you just created, and ask yourself, is my current IP adequately protected? Consider your business name, your product name, or slogan. If you have any of those, have you filed a federal trademark registration? 
Do you have customer or vendor lists or partner lists that you want to keep confidential or sensitive business or marketing plans? Have you signed confidentiality agreements before sharing that information with anybody? And is your product based on an inventive process or is your product itself an invention? And the question there, of course, is have you filed for patent protection? A third question that I want every small business owner to ask themselves about their IP is, could my business or products be infringing on anybody else's IP? Think about it. Anytime you launch a new business or a new product for your existing business, you should definitely be doing some sort of preliminary search, even on Google, to review third-party IP rights. This is what lawyers sometimes refer to as a freedom to operate. Do you have the freedom to operate without infringing on somebody else's IP. So for example, before you select your company name, and I would recommend before you file your LLC, do a basic trademark search on uspto.gov and also do a search on Google. Search your proposed name, similar keywords, and various spelling to make sure that there's not gonna be somebody else that comes along after you have built your brand and claim that they've actually been using that business name before you. If that's the case, and if it's true, you're gonna have to rebrand. That's costly from a goodwill perspective. It's costly from a money perspective, and hopefully you're never on the receiving end of a cease and desist letter, or worse, litigation. If you sell technology or a product that's very technical or complex, you may want to conduct a search for patents or pending patent applications in your area of technology on uspto.gov. Let me just reiterate, anybody who thinks that they have an invention, go talk to a patent attorney because the risk of losing your rights is so high and it's important to make sure that you have got that protected. All right, we're almost done with these questions. Okay, so number four, what are your future plans for maintaining your current IP and developing new IP? So here's a question we just went through. You're going to list out all the IP you own, but what about the future? You're a small business owner, you're a creator, you're a dreamer, you're an innovator. What happens next? Do you have a pipeline of future products that you plan to implement? The other thing is you'll hear this all over entrepreneurship talks and education, systems. Put systems in place to keep track of your existing IP to ensure that nothing inadvertently expires without your knowledge. All right, y'all, thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I hope that you got to learn something about the intellectual property in your own business and the intellectual property of others. And what are the main questions that you need to be asking yourself as a small business owner at any stage of your business? Be sure to check out, if you don't already have a copy of the Idea to Launch Workbook, this is a perfect place to keep all of your business planning from the idea stage to market, to product, legal, and your marketing strategy. It is a great place to keep track of all these details and it's super fun to fill out and get creative with. The other thing to keep an eye out for is the Legal Way digital course. Check it out, startuphardup.com slash the legal way. And if you're interested in purchasing that or the book or any other products that I sell, go to startuphardup.com slash products. <laughs> I hope that you had a great time with me today. And if you're still listening, thank you. You are my people and I am so happy to be serving you. All right. Talk soon. Bye.